Digital Fundamentals for the Confused and the Uncertain. Ten Fundamentals to Help Drive a Successful Digital Strategy by Gary Bembridge. Many people coming to digital marketing and the digital space get very nervous and concerned. It feels like a scary and very different world to the one they grew up in, where there were a limited number of commercial TV channels and much simpler and clearer media options to get the message out through. There is a fear and dread that everyone else knows so much more about the digital world, that you are behind the curve, and that fear of the unknown often means that managers stick with what they know and expect the younger people in the organization to find the way. That will not happen. And in this short session, I hope to explain that more. There are three key things to understand about the digital world. Things are so fast-moving and so dynamic that you do not have to fear, as there's not a lot to be gained by looking back at what others have been doing, and while it may be interesting to look around and see what others are doing now, it's so fast-moving and things change so fast, it will become out of date. So you have to look forward, so you have to define what's best and right for your target consumers, and apply the fundamentals of all good media decisions. What does she want? Where does she want it? How much does she want to pay for it? Etc. Etc. So here are 10 things that I've learned that will help you to get there. Number one, it's going to get faster. The pace of adoption of digital and the speed of digital means that new tools, new ideas and new forms can spread like wildfire. They also can fall out of fashion just as fast as MySpace found to Facebook, for example. You need to understand that things will only move faster and faster. Let's consider this. This chart shows how many years it took for each of these innovations to get into half of all households in the USA. As we can see, the penetration of technology is getting faster and faster. It took 45 years for the telephone to get to 50% of households, but just six years for the internet. It took six years, as we saw in the last chart, for the internet to get to 50% of households. And since then, then, things have got even faster. Consider these five tools and channels that many engage with and use every day did not even exist five years ago. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, iPhone, and Hulu. This is the biggest online TV and film on demand service in the USA. In the UK, consider BBC iPlayer. This too did not exist five years ago, and now is a monster in usage. I mentioned that many of these tools, services and channels did not even exist five years ago, but not only that, they are seen as important and significant. In a study in the UK, people were asked what their top three most favourite inventions of the decade were. This was not digital, but anything. The top three were all very much digital related. Facebook, 73% of people had that in the top three. The iPhone, 63% had that in the top three. Twitter, 58% had that in the top three. But also look at the next five, and here we see all are digital-related. MP3, SatNav, iPod, YouTube, and high-definition television. How do you deal with this? Well, more on that later. But the key is to think about content, not delivery channel. Number two, everyone is doing it. Fundamental number two to remember is that now digital is mainstream. Everyone of all ages and all social levels are using it. It's no longer niche. As we saw in the last section, penetration is huge, 
adoption of new channels and forms is huge. It's no longer the preserve of niche targets. Whoever your target is, it is likely they're active digitally. Even your mum and her friends are. And the peer pressure is large. For example, my partner, 65-year-old mother, had felt compelled to get online as she found the members of her local women's institute, all well into their 60s and 70s, were online and sending out meeting details by email, and she was not able to stay connected. I saw this in Ed Age last month, where they were listing the 10 biggest and most important brands of the baby boomer generation, the generation born in the 50s and 60s, who are now in their 40s and 50s. And they listed Facebook as one of them, saying the fastest growing user groups in Facebook are in their 50s and above. Number three, you are already out there. The third key fundamental that I always try and remind people I work with, including the legal people we work with, is that you don't entirely control if and when you go online. You are already online. The decision you have is how much you want to engage with your existing online presence and how much you want to push out and control it. Even if you don't have a plan to be online, you need to keep up to date with what your presence is. Have you ever Googled yourself? Many people are surprised when they do, just how much information that there is them about them online. The same is true of brands and companies. Even if you do not have a strategy and plan to be online, you must understand what is out there through reviews, blogs, and other content posted by consumers or other groups. Then you need to decide what you will do, even if nothing, but at least it's a decision. Here are a few examples to illustrate. The one on the left is a screen grab from Flickr, the photo sharing site owned by Yahoo. You're likely to find photos of your products and services in here. This is one that someone posted to them at the London Transport Museum, who clearly keep an eye on the photos being posted and comment on them, thanking people for visiting and asking them to add them to a group of photos they manage online. It makes people feel really good. Heathrow does something similar with Twitter, where they track people tweeting about Heathrow and reply with suggestions like how to check on a flight or something, or welcome him to the airport. The middle is a posting I did about the new Eurostar lounge where it opened at St Pancras. I had some comments and some criticisms. And within one hour of posting, I had an email from Eurostar thanking me for the posting and commenting and adding to the issues raised. I tested this again a month later, and the same happened. The third is a screen grab from Facebook. I searched groups for Abercrombie & Fitch, the very trendy young fashion retailer. And while there's one official site run by the company, there are some 209 other groups also about the company and the brand. Many have 20,000 or more members. Do you know if and how many Facebook groups there are on your brands? Do you track and engage with them? I found one called Rock Rocks when I was managing Rock, where we now post our latest ads and links to launches. YouTube is a site I also really encourage teams to track. The statistics are incredible, something like 15 hours of video is posted every minute, and there is more user-generated video content on YouTube than the TV networks have made in the last 45 years. On the site, people post reviews, commentary, and responses to the things you do. I have a real interest in what we can learn from user-generated content, and have blogged about this in a great deal. But take two examples. One is a spoof ad about Jurex condoms, and the other is a negative comment on Dove Real Beauty, accusing the company of being cynical and manipulative. Both have had huge amounts of views and have been forwarded on and commented on and discussed. If you are either of these companies, I'm sure your legal teams would have some issues about copyright or trademark or similar issues. But as you watch the videos, I ask you to think that if these were your brand, do you think you would even know they existed? Do you track what's happening? And what would you do? 
Do you already have an agreed approach internally? It's often easy to overlook the impact that video on YouTube can have and how fast it can spread. A dramatic example is Susan Boyle on Britain's Got Talent in 2009. This is a very dramatic example and probably the most successful example of how a video on YouTube can change the course of a program and also a person's life, turn them into a global star. It's important to remember that the clip was posted by people watching the show and also by ATV without understanding the impact and for a while they made no money off it as they had not thought through the related advertising on or around the clip. The learning from this experience is a dramatic example of importance of the next fundamental. But bear in mind that Susan Boyle clip has had 88 million viewers, half a million comments. So the next point, which is point number four, is think, lean forwards. The days of sitting back are gone. Fundamental four is about thinking always about your consumer leaning forwards and wanting to get to be more engaged. The days of your consumer sitting back passively absorbing and receiving in a passive mode are gone. Let's think about TV as that was probably one of the most passive ways consumers would receive your message. They would sit back on the couch and let all the ads wash over them, absorbing the messages sent to them. This has all changed and consumers lean forward and do not just sit back. Let's think about one example. The one I'm going to show is for X Factor. You think of the show on the Saturday or now Sunday's night, but it's so much more. As a fan of X Factor, you no longer have to lean back and consume the talent show. You can multitask, express opinions, follow the judges. Danny Minogue, for example, sent tweets during the ad breaks. You can vote, you can bet. You can post or follow on Facebook Live. I used to check on Facebook what our friends were thinking about the songs and the acts during the show. On Digital Spy, a celebrity and industry news and gossip site, there are forums and news to express and engage. There's a live blog on Guardian during the show where people would comment as the show progressed. Then there were other ways, of course, to experience concerts, magazines, and on and on. Now, this may be a dramatic example, but you need to think about how you want to engage. Later on, I will show you a video made by Microsoft about the change in nature of communication, which also explores this. Think lean forward and not sit back. Number five, know what works online. So how do you make sense of all of this? If you want your target to lean forwards, what should you do? What should you consider? For me, the next fundamental I learned helps. Know what works online so you can give your target what they want to do. Almost 10 years ago, when I was the VP of eBusiness and Digital Strategy, I wrote an article about what works online. I think it still applies today as it goes beyond the channel, beyond the specific execution, and focus on the things that digital really does well. There are four things. Interaction, transaction, research, and entertainment. Let me explain more. Interaction. People are social animals. Digital has facilitated this faster, easier, real-time. Email is still one of the biggest, but chat, Skype, Facebook, Twitter and most of the most well-known tools actually are all about enabling interaction. Transaction. This is not just about buying and selling things, but also for things like banking or even trading information and items. Again, digital makes this faster, easier, convenient. eBay, PayPal and other transaction tools have become big as a result. Research. Search is the biggest. It's Google and the battle phoning search, but it also covers learning and finding out about products, hotels or whatever. Entertainment. We've seen our gaming, streaming, porn, and other tools and sites have prospered. For me, thinking if any or all of these apply to your office is a start. Think like a consumer when you go to the office. So many people start with, we need a website. It said, what are your target doing? What do they want to do? How can you meet their needs better? Number six, develop for the three screens. This next fundamental is about thinking about how you execute what you decide to do. And developing for the three screens as they're merging 
and do not need to be tied into one. As we saw in the last fundamental, it's important to think about what your target wants to do and not get too hung up on the format or the execution. That comes later. One of the podcasts that I listen to quite often called Marketing Online Live raised this idea of the three screens that I thought was very profound. So what does it mean? The point is that the three screens are merging and you need to focus on what you do and they work across them all. But what are the three screens? The TV, the PC and the mobile phone, increasingly becoming the smartphone like iPhone. If you think about, say, the BBC iPlayer, that will soon be available to be consumed on all three screens. It can be watched already by version cable users on the TV and increasingly more TVs being uh, capable. You can watch it on the PC and an app launches in April so you can watch it on the iPhone. YouTube can be watched on all three, currently if you have internet access, a gaming console on your TV. Consumers can and will access your digital content on many screens, and also screens may start to merge into one. So again, think like the consumer, and think about your content and how you deliver for a merging screen world. And if you're placing bets, think of the mobile phone increasingly becoming the remote control device for life. Remote control is you can interact by email, Facebook, instant messaging, text, whatever. Remote control to transact as micropayments take off or by even going online or using apps. Remote control to research as location-based services especially are growing, pushing information local to where you are. You can search for what's nearby using GPS. And remote control to entertain on the go through games, (coughs) watching videos or reading books. As one ad on TV says, the only thing that is always within arm's reach of you almost all day, every day, is your mobile phone. Makes sense, then, that it has to be the way of the future, doesn't it? Number seven, go to them. Following on from that, the key thing about a mobile is that it's always at hand. It's always handy. This is not far from my fundamental number seven, go to them. Be where they are. It is not very likely that they will make an extra trip to come and see you. A bit like that friend you never quite get to go and see or call on. But if they're at an event you are, then you always, of course, get to see them. There are millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of active websites. Yet still are here when many people talk about a digital strategy. They talk about having a website. Early on I learned that you need to focus on content and you need to make it sure it's where your core target is. Let me give you a small example based on my own personal experience of my own personal activities online. As this was probably what really drove it home for me. I'm an active poster of videos on YouTube. I largely did it to post things and places I'd visited. Then something happened that made me learn fast. I got an email from YouTube one day asking if I wanted to be a partner, which meant that they would place ads alongside any of my videos. I thought nothing much about it, and then started to receive monthly checks of £500, £1,000. I then realised that my little homemade videos made on my little Panasonic camera were getting millions of viewers. The one on the left here is one of the roller coasters in Las Vegas that has well over 3 million views. I then also realised, as you can get the data in the reports, that the video was being embedded into blogs about roller coasters, where traffic was large. It cost me nothing to do, and yet people watch it and revenue flows. Compare that to a video series of one of our teen brands that cost about £100,000 to make. It was posted on their own site and got less than 20000 Another example is I started doing a podcast series about places I visited, which I recorded on my iPod and on my iPhone, and placed in the travel section on iTunes. I found I get at least 100,000 downloads a year because this is the place where people come and look for that kind of content. It's more examples, but it shows the importance of being where people are to get traffic, and more importantly, where people are looking. Be at the party. Don't try and start one of your own. As this chart says, think about it as you would do with so-called traditional media. When you create an ad, you didn't start your own TV station 
or when you did a magazine ad, you didn't start your own magazine, or radio ad, you didn't create your own radio station. When you create a product, you only create a store if it was a part of the experience and offer. But in most cases, you go through existing channels. Michael Kapoor had a great thought, as it says in the chart. Getting information off the internet is like taking a drink from a fire hydrant. In order to cope, consumers need help, and part of that is going to places where there's some order and structure. So think about being in those places that help them do that. By focusing on the principles of good communication and ensuring your content is the right content first, and then think about how you can repurpose it and deliver it where people are. If you focus on the channel, or in creating a channel, or sorry, if you focus on the channel versus creating a destination, you may be putting effort in the wrong thing. You may spend a pile of money on a party that hardly anyone comes to, when you could have been the life and soul of the party that everyone else was at. Number eight, create a fan base. The thing I hear almost as much as we need a website is we need to build a database. That's not what you need. What you need to do is build a fan base. By thinking like this, you will think and drive and deliver something very different indeed. As this starts with the idea of a relationship and of listening and engaging and rewarding. There's a great video that Microsoft made that shows a meeting between an advertiser and a consumer. And this illustrates some of the risks of seeing the consumer as someone you want to classify and talk to. And it's well worth watching. The key is to create a fan and not just a number that you market and talk to. Consumers no longer want to be just another number. Facebook understood this when they created fan pages, where brands and businesses can create a fan page and you become a fan of that brand or business. And you can post news, you can let them comment. In building a fan base, there's some key must-dos. Listen, encourage feedback and discussion, let them comment. Fast and immediate. Consumers are used to a digital age where you get what you want fast. You need to be timely and respond very quickly. Personal and personalised. Gone are the days when the blanket email uh, could be sent up with one offer. TripAdvisor is a great example. I searched for hotels in Prague considering a weekend. And then in my next uh, monthly email, it was really focused, for example, on Prague. And of course, don't spam and respect privacy. Number nine, take it from the top. The next one may sound strange to some, but I think it's possibly one of the most important of all. My fundamental number nine is take it from the top. Unless the leadership of your business really, really, really wants it, it will never happen. They need to do more than just ask for a digital strategy, a digital plan, and digital activity. They need to love it, live it, and do it. In the dot-com boom days, there was this crazy idea that the young, freaky geeks would change and create a digital strategy because they understood it. All that proved was that if you give young, freaky geeks lots of money, they'll burn it and burn it fast. I had a discussion with some of my team about why some companies are further ahead than others, and I think it's all about the senior management and really making sure that they not only talk the talk, to coin that awful phrase, but they walk the walk or click the click. Actions speak louder than words. And as it says here, the young geeks may inherit the earth, but it will always be the, the one that leaders themselves have enabled to be created. Here's a classic example. What if your leader says in every review you you have, they want you to be the number one source of anti-aging information online or have a CRM program better than any other beauty brand. But then they always said at the end of the end of the review, and you spend most of your review looking at the TV or printout in huge detail detail down to the bathroom set used, the colour of the model's hair, etc, etc, etc. What they do will drive the action. 
And you know that if a one-page slide with some pictures and screen grabs of your draft website will be enough to cover the digital strategy in a review, you know you're never going to get one. So unless leaders embrace and act, you will never have a great digital strategy and plan. When I started marketing, I had an amazing boss called Paul Michaels who went on to transform mass confection in the US. And when product managers would say things like, I don't watch TV, which was the main spend at that time, he would tell them off, arguing you will never create great communication unless you live, breathe, and understand. This is as true, if not more true, of digital. I've learned more about digital by personally doing it, I think, than I've learned professionally. Although the scale is not as great, by living and doing so much, I think people understand in my team and the company how important I think it is. One thing I keep getting asked is, where do you get the time? My answer? Everything, everyone, always finds time for things that are important. I felt I've learned so much from being active and feel I'm better equipped to have meaningful discussions with my teams, the agencies and other partners. One aha was also when I was asked how I managed to keep up so much with the beauty industry and what's happening as the team struggled to do that as it's so fast moving complex and so much going on. I realized it was a result of my online activities as I found that through blogs, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and the things I engage with, I've woven into my professional interests as well. For example, on the screen, here's what L'Oreal's up to. I think by using it, you get a feel and understanding and you feel less exposed and uncertain. I really think this is the key. And so to my last fundamental, number 10, this is where I started the talk. The best way to think about digital is that the present is the past. This is great news. You do not need to worry about being a follower, about being too late. Things move fast. You can get huge traction very fast with the right moves. People have managed to ensure they're big parties of your targeted destinations, and you need to focus on how to connect and communicate with them. You can't look back. You could look around. You have to look ahead. Use your marketing skills and your understanding of your target, not the channels to define what you need to do. Focus on what does my target want? Where do they want it? When do they want it? And how do they want it? Once you've answered, then execution is so much easier. You then just innovate around how best to deliver. So here are my 10 fundamentals for the uncertain and the nervous. It's going to get faster. Everyone's doing it. You're already out there. Think lean forwards. Know what works online. Develop for the three screens. Go to them. Create a fan base. Take it from the top. And the present is the past. That's all. The rest will follow. Remember, if you want to keep up with what I do, you should please visit my site at garybembridge.com or search on iTunes for either Gary Bembridge or Marketing Unleashed Podcast.